Okay, let's tear down Tall Poppy. Do you reckon we can do that? Yeah, the Building Better Humans Project Podcast. Welcome. Be motivated and be inspired. Let's go. Hey team, Glenn Azar here, welcoming you back to the Building Better Humans Project podcast. Now, for anyone that's new to the show, welcome. I like to do this every so often, just welcome you to the show. For those of you that have been here for a short time or a long time, but you've listened to this at least more than once, then I thank you for being here. If you haven't rated the show, particularly in Apple iTunes, jump in there, rate the show, let people know what you're thinking. Uh, Five stars with a nice little post about something is pretty cool because then it puts it in front of more people's eyes or ears or however the case may be. Now, we're talking tall poppy syndrome today, and for those of you outside Australia, and I know we have quite a large group of listeners these days outside of Australia, I don't know if this is a thing outside of Australia, but in Australia, we have a thing called tall poppy syndrome, which means when people are successful, we try to tear them down. We try and look for reasons to bring someone back down to the pack. We are a nation that loves people having a go, having a red hot crack. That's that real Aussie Ocker nation. But we're also a nation that loves the battler. You know, we're the good Aussie battler and we get in there and we have a dig. Funnily enough, once we start to get a little bit of success, oh, hang on a minute, we just need to pull you back a peg or two. Now, this happens on a big scale. You see it happen through social media on big things all the way down to the lower end of the scale. And, and when I say it's an Australian thing, I guess at the bigger end of the scale, it's a much bigger thing. I was watching uh, Jeff Bezos or a whole story about uh, Jeff Bezos and how his wife, obviously, uh, and him going through a divorce. She was given quite a large amount of money as a part of that v- divorce. Her name's Mackenzie Scott. And I was reading a story where since their divorce, she has given away something like $8.5 billion to charities billion, like 8.5 billion. Now it's not a competition, but in that same period of time, or actually I think over all of time, Jeff himself, who has a lot more money than that, has given away about 1 billion, which is still huge. Don't get me wrong. There's no onus on you to give away your own money. But the point is to this story is when they were posting that, and I read it on different financial reviews, I'm reading all the comments. And in the comments, people are bashing this woman. They're bashing Mackenzie Scott saying, Well, it's not her money, he's the one that earned the money, all that usual sort of garbage. And then, oh, it's easy to give away money when you've got it. But the point is this, she didn't have to give it away. It's $8.5 billion. It's an amazing amount of money that she did not have to give away. She could have held that like a lot of people do, and it's her right to hold that because it's her money at the end of that. It doesn't matter if you agree with how she got it, and personally I do. She was there while he built that company. They were together for a long period of time. But at the end of the day... Again, she did not have to give away that money. And so it's weird when we bag people out for doing good in the world, and yet other times when you see world hunger and this and that, and you see someone wealthy posting about something, and people go, why don't you give money away? But when you do, people bag you out. That's a tall poppy syndrome. But in Australia, it's really strong, and we do it even locally with our friends. And I was listening to a podcast with Kurt Fernley, and Kurt Fernley is an absolute legend in Australia, Paralympics, marathoner, Um, did the Kokoda track, you know, the guy crawled the Kokoda track. Now, I've done the Kokoda track 79 times. I couldn't imagine crawling it. I've seen some of the fittest, toughest, strongest people struggle. I've seen eight-year-olds to 79-year-olds do it, but I've never seen someone crawl it. That's crazy. 
And he was talking on a podcast about Dylan Orcott, who is the new Australian of the Year, the most recent Australian of the Year for 2022, and talking about something came up about one of them having an OAM and one of them having an AM. So these are all orders of Australia. And he said, I don't really know. And then I listened to Dylan saying the same thing. I don't really know what it means as per se, but, you know, it gets me into a lot of rooms and so on. But they both were kind of embarrassed about talking about these things and having these post-nominals. And it was really interesting because then I heard Kurt Fernley say, sometimes I wish that I didn't feel embarrassed about the things that I've achieved. I didn't feel like I had to talk them down. Sometimes I wished I wasn't uncomfortable receiving praise. And he said, as a nation, he would love to see Australians have what he called more Muhammad Ali-isms. Now, again, Muhammad Ali being the world heavyweight champion back in the day when there was only one, he's a man that had extreme levels of confidence in himself, which people hated him for at the time, but it helped him open so many doors, not just in his fight career, but in his post-fight career as well. He did a lot of good in the world, a lot of good in charity, a lot of good for world peace. He was able to broker deals between Western society and the Muslim societies when they were both clashing, like... The thing that I liked about that was I liked the idea that what if we weren't uncomfortable receiving praise? And I learnt this a few years ago. And I remember I did a Kokoda trip and I did it for a charity called Mates for Mates, which is a veterans charity. And I've done a lot for Mates for Mates, but this was the first ever one. So I'm over doing this Kokoda track and they'd had a previous operator who had done a bit of a dodgy job. You know, he just wasn't running at the standard that these things can be run at. I'm very passionate about Kokoda. That's why I go back as often as I do. And I'm passionate about how the trip is run, the experience that the trekkers have, the experience that the locals have, the military history, do it all. I really put my heart and soul into it. At this stage, I've done about 50 of these things. So now I've done 79. But when I did this trip, it was sort of 45 to 50, somewhere in there. I come into Mates for Mates and the head psychologist is standing there and the second psychologist and a couple of admin staff are standing around and a girl I was going out with at the time was with me as well because she had come to Brisbane with me. And the head psychologist said to me, we have had so many people come in here and say how absolutely amazing that trip was, like the best thing that they've ever experienced. And I just looked at her and I said, thank you. And everyone laughed. And I said, what did you laugh for? And the girl I was with said, you're so arrogant. And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, well, just the way you just said thank you. But this is the thing. I was learning not to be uncomfortable receiving praise. And I said to the head psychologist when she laughed, and she got it, um, and and she sort of came in the middle of when I was talking to to the girl, um, she said, I understand what you're saying. I said, yeah, I, I intended for that to be a good trip. I worked my butt off to make sure that was a good trip. This was my first time taking a massive group of veterans, which is something that's very close to my heart, on a military history adventure. I wanted them to have the most amazing experience, life-changing experience, an experience that helped them with their PTSD and their mental health issues and their physical challenges that they were going through because they had some or all of those things. So my intention was was to run a really good trip for it to be that good. When you thank me, or sorry, when you tell me that it was amazing, I just say thank you, because that was my intention was to run it that good. It wasn't a shock to me. But what we tend to feel in this country is that we need to talk it down. We need to say, oh, well, you know, thanks for that, but I've done a few of them, so I guess I've got the hang of it now. Or we just try and bat that stuff away. 
I listened to Kurt Fernley do the same thing initially when he said, I've got an AM, and the guy interviewing him was going, okay, like, that's pretty cool. Oh, you know, it's nothing much. I don't really know what it means. And blah. he was, and old mate says to him, don't talk it down. You've earned that for a reason. The, the nation has recognised you for a reason. The same thing happens to you and I. People give you a compliment and ask yourself this question honestly. How many times have you tried to bat that compliment away? Oh, yeah, but. Oh, yeah, it's just. Um, you know, we just try and bat it away because we feel uncomfortable receiving praise my challenge to you is the next time you receive praise just say thank you look someone directly in the eyes be genuine and authentic and say thank you because you appreciate that they've noticed something good about you that you've most likely spent a long time working on you've put effort and energy into you wanted to be to be either successful or good at that thing it wasn't an accident you didn't get lucky so it's okay to look someone in the eye and just say Thank you. Too often, we don't do that stuff. My head coach here, Matthias, who I haven't brought on this show yet, at Project 180, I praise him regularly because this guy is phenomenal. He's amazing. And one thing I absolutely love about this guy is every time I praise him, which is once or twice a week at least, he will always say to me, thank you. I put a post up on social media a couple of weeks ago just giving a shout out to his passion and his energy. And he came to work on Monday and he said, I just want to say thanks for that post on social media. And I said, yeah, that's cool. You know I meant it. I I appreciate everything that you do. To me, that is us having Muhammad Ali-isms. That's us having this conversation where we're not about the tall poppy. We're not trying to hold each other down. I'm saying, I see you. I recognize how good you are at something. I recognize the energy and effort that you put into that. It's not just luck. And he says, thank you, because he appreciates that I saw it and he knows the energy and effort he's put into it. So that's it. A bit passionate about it. That's my take on tall poppy syndrome. Let me know what you think. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building Better Humans podcast with your host, Glenn Azar. For feedback, to stay up to date, or go back and find an old episode, head over to 180.net.au. Yeah, the Building Better Humans Project Podcast. Let's go.